0: Ian Gokutian here. It's a great day to be alive. So glad to be coming to you through this avenue. It's been a wonderful, wonderful time and thank God, God is so good. I dare say, I believe that you do have testimonies by now. And thank you and I want to say special thanks to those who've been reaching out and letting us know how our messages have been a blessing to them. And also, uh, I'd love to keep, keep those messages coming. We'd love to keep hearing from you. Praise the Lord. And so, once again, we're going to be taking our message further from where we left off the last time. And we've been looking at how strong is your want to? How strong is your want to? Do you have a strong want to? You may say, Well, I don't have that. I don't even know what I'm supposed to want. But thank God, I believe us, you've been listening to the messages. If you've not, go look at, uh, go, go listen to those messages. This is now the fifth installment in our. Serious? How Strong Is Your want Too? Let me begin at this time. And before I actually go deep into this, I'd like to crave your indulgence. If you've been blessed by this message, please share this message far and wide and let others be blessed. And one of the best ways to keep anything that God's given to you is to share it, give it away. Hallelujah. Uh, let me begin with our text here from Matthew 11. Matthew 11, verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent take it by force. Well, Luke's account says that they press into it. We're not talking about, you know, a violent with people or anything like that. But the fact, that, the fact is, whatever God has for us in his kingdom, we have to possess. It's not going to just fall on you like ripe cherries off of a tree. You have to press into it. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So the last time we looked at David and how he was was able to, with a strong want to, possess what God had in store for him. Hallelujah. And so the same thing, we want to have a strong want to, to possess all that God has in store for us. See, the the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. Jesus is on the inside of us. The nature of God is the nature of a winner, to win. He's not a compromiser. And so we should allow that same desire and want to of the Spirit, if you're in fellowship with him, course through you, flow through you, and strengthen your resolve. Hallelujah. You know, uh, Paul, as he was going about preaching the gospel and all of that, he faced a lot of persecution, a lot of hardship, and things like that. In fact, as we read here in Acts chapter 20, I want us to go then. In Acts chapter 20, from verse 22, Paul, at the point in time, just had this urge, I need to get back to Jerusalem. Do you realize that's the way God will lead us at different times? We have a desire that is there. And the more you pray about it, I'm praying in the the spirit, that desire gets stronger, gets intensified. Well, that's the spirit of God leading you. Hallelujah. And uh, so Paul begins to, he, he said, look, I've got to get to Jerusalem. And so he's heading to Jerusalem, and he was stopping in different cities and all of that. And he stops here at Ephesus, and this is what he says here. And see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city. So this is Acts 20 from verse 22. The Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulation await me, Imagine that. He's saying the Holy Spirit is testifying in every city, Jerusalem that I'm heading to, I'm going to have a hard time. I'm going to be put in chains. Well, would the Lord speak that kind of a thing to you? Would he? Well, it's important for us to be able to put things in context here. When Saul, you know, now Paul, when he got accosted by the Lord on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, and the Lord was getting Ananas to go minister to him and lay hands on him. And Ananas protested, and the Lord said to Ananas, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name to the Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. And then he says, I'll show him the great things that will suffer for my name's sake, right there in Acts 29 9. So the Lord already was, had prepared him ahead of time. And we know, as the Word of God tells us, in fact... You know, uh, in, um, let me, I'll, I'll come back here to Acts 20. In 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 3, right here in verse 11, listen to what the Spirit of God is saying here through the Apostle Paul. 2 Timothy 3, in fact, from verse 11, it said, Persecutions and afflictions which happened to me in Antioch, at Iconum, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured? Out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly lives in Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. So, don't forget, there is the enemy right here. He's the God of this world, small g-o-d, D. Second Corinthians 4.4. 4. The devil is the God of this world, and he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. And in the midst of that, we've got the Holy Ghost. God has left us here, and he's got a calling on our lives. Listen, until you fulfill that calling, you're not dead yet. If you're sick and and, and in lack and uh, miserable and, and in worry and anxiety, you're not finished yet. You're not in God's will yet. God wants to bring you out of it so you can fulfill his plan and his purpose for your life. Hallelujah. So getting back there to Acts 20. See, Paul's saying here, everywhere I go, this is what I'm being told, that, you know, Chains are awaiting me. Hard times are awaiting me. But listen to what he says here. As he said there in uh, verse uh, 20, uh, 22, rather, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city that chains and, of, and tribulations await me. But listen now, none of these things move me. See, this is where you have the strong want to expressing itself. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Listen, you need to make that commitment right away, that resolve that none of these things move you and your life is in Christ in God and the fear of your life or fear that what could happen to you, you have to have crucified yourself right there to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't allow the devil to, to intimidate you. I could kill you. I could do this. Listen, until you finish what God has called you to do, the devil cannot take you out. He cannot. He cannot. In fact, we'll see more in, that, see more in that context. See, none of these things move me, neither do I count my life dear to myself. You need to have come to this place so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the Lord. Uh, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. See, thank God you have a calling on your life. Every one of us. God has a plan and purpose for your life. And there is a plan and purpose for your life that connects to the kingdom of God, whereby God has something. Yeah, you may have something for you to do to help you in life, for you to fulfill your own purpose in the kingdom of God. Yes, you have a secular job. You may have, you may have something you're doing secularly. Well, there are people there and those people there are possibly part of your ministry. Hallelujah. So, but whatever it is, it concerns people, it concerns bringing increase to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So, Paul is saying here, none of these things move me. Absolutely none. And you need to have come to that place that none of those things move you. Now, I want us to come here to Acts 14. And you see, Paul, you know, he had been doing all kinds of ministry until he got to Acts chapter 13 And where we're told, as they minister to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, separate from me, Barnabas, and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And so they were now sent forth. Now, listen, they had been in ministry, but they had not begun to fulfill what God had called them to. Listen, none of us usually will start where God wants us to finish off or where your calling is. Just like a child who wants to be a doctor, the first time they go to school, they don't start in kindergarten taking anatomy, physiology, pharmacology, and all of those things. They don't. They start A, B, C, just like every, everybody. But as they keep progressing, they keep branching off and they keep fine-tuning in the area they're supposed to be. Well, same thing spiritually. You were not going to start out where God wants you or where he's called you. Because where he's called to you is where he wants you to finish. But the key thing, as you persist and you're faithful, you'll find yourself heading in that direction. Hallelujah. So right here in Acts chapter 14, so Paul and Barnabas had gone out here preaching the gospel. And they came to this place called Lystra. And while they were at Lystra, Paul was preaching the gospel. So these were people just hearing the gospel for the very first time. And right here at Lystra, there was a man impotent in his feet. had never walked from when he was born and this man got healed by his pure faith one thing that intrigues me here this people are hearing the gospel for the very first time and somebody hears that gospel and he has faith to be healed that's something for you to think about the point is for him to have faith to be healed while hearing the simple message of salvation paul must have talked about healing healing is a vital aspect of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's the dinner bell to draw people to hear the gospel and for God to confirm his word in their lives. This man heard the gospel and he got healed. Well, as a result, the people in Lystra thought that Paul and Silas were gods, because these were idol worshipers, and they were ready to worship with them because they thought the gods have visited us men. And so they were ready to begin sacrificing, and um, Paul and Barnabas rushed up to them and restrained them from doing that. Then, as a result, well, the people were restrained, but what happened was, the Judaizers, the, the the religious Jews, had followed and chased Paul over here to Lystra and poisoned the minds of the people against Paul and Silas. And so, what did they do? They then took Paul and Silas—sorry, uh, Paul and Barnabas. And stone them. In fact, I want us to pick up the story here in uh, verse 19. Then Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, having persuaded the multitudes. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Listen, when they stone you, they're not playing with you. These like people are grabbing rocks and boulders. Their intention is to kill you to kill Paul to kill Paul and Barnabas that was the intention to kill them so they ended up stoning Paul they didn't, uh, for some reason they were not able to get Barnabas and they left him for dead that was the intention listen this is not the first time these people are stoning people to death they didn't know when somebody dies i believe paul died here but listen they said they left him for dead how be it When the disciples gathered around him, he rose up, went into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas to Debbie. So they went there to Debbie, another city. So what happened? Paul had all these sores. You know when somebody is stoned, they have bruises, wounds all over the place, Band-Aid, you name it. Listen, verse 21. And when they had preached the gospel to that city, so going to Debbie, with the bandage and the sores and everything else, swollen faces and everything else, Paul still went there and preached the gospel with all his face and, you know, mangled up everything else. Do you remember Paul said, I bear my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. He went there and preached the gospel. In the state he was. The Bible didn't tell us he got healed. Listen, how strong is your want? You see, the strength uh, You see, the strength of Paul's want to hear. Nothing would take him out. He went there and went to those people and preached the gospel to them. Hallelujah. And listen now, verse 21. And when he had preached the gospel to that city, made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, exactly where they were stoned again, Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of god do you realize this is part of the gospel that will through many tribulations hardship embarrassment you name it the disciple is not greater than his master um, the master himself jesus went through this look at paul he went through all of this and he counted it a pleasure to participate, to share in the sufferings of Christ. What is he saying? He said, he see, Paul says this as the sufferings of Christ. What is he saying? That if Christ is alive, this is what he'll be suffering. And it's my pleasure to participate in this suffering. Wow. How strong is your want to? And something here I want us to come to here in 2 Corinthians 1. Paul is speaking here. And let me begin reading here from verse 8. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us in Asia. I believe Paul is speaking concerning this hardship, persecutions, and all that he's facing. Like what he went through here in Lystra. That we were burdened beyond measure. And I believe he's speaking about that incident here. He said we were burdened without above beyond measure, above strength. So that we despised or we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Paul says, listen, I'm not going to trust in myself. I was pressured and everything else. We got to the end of ourselves. To the point whereby we couldn't trust ourselves. We had to trust God. Listen to what it says here. Yes. We had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. Did you see that? He will still deliver us. This is Paul speaking. He's saying we, he will still deliver us. Paul is saying even when death came, I trusted God not to die. Think about that. He's been stoned and left for dead. But let me visit that scripture again in 2 Timothy 3. And let's read there verse 11 again. I'm going want to get there. In fact, verse 11, Persecutions, affliction, which happened to me in Antioch at Iconium at Lystra. What persecutions I endured? Did you see now? What does enduring mean? It says, face up boldly. Hallelujah. And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Not out of some of them. Out of them all, the Lord delivered me. This is what Paul said here. Out of them all, the Lord delivered me. So, he went through such hardship. He went through such challenging times. But he said, it just made me trust God the more. He said, even if I die, God is going to raise me up. To keep on going. Take the next step and keep on going. How strong is your want to? Do you have that kind of unfailing faith? It's on the inside of you, dear brethren. Dear friend, that want to is on the inside of you. As a child of God, as you feed the word of God in in you and yield to the Holy Spirit, even as you pray in the Spirit, that strong too rises. Hallelujah. I want to read to us here from... um, Second Corinthians 4. Second Corinthians 4. Listen to what Paul is writing here. Paul says, Here, for it is God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ, in the face of Jesus Christ. For we have this treasure in our earthen vessels, that the excellence, that I was the grandeur, the divine effulgence, the outreign. Of that power. See anywhere that you have light of God's word, power is there, because the power is resident in the light. When revelation comes to you, power is there to fulfil that thing as you believe it, to fulfil that word. It says, "We are listen to what it says: here, the excellency of the power may be of God, or shown to be of God and not of us." You see that excellency of power shown for for Paul, It was shown to be of God and not of Him. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Name pressed on every side. We were perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, not, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be made manifest in our bodies. Look at Paul saying, say so that life of Jesus is in me. And when I'm exposed to situations of death, situations of danger, that life shows itself off. When sickness comes, yeah, we were in a, in a pandemic, you know, not that long ago. But listen now. In the midst of that, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you, and that life will destroy and ward off sickness and disease from you in the name of Jesus. Now, I want to I want to come to something here, which will be kind of like a clincher for you and I. Listen to Paul here, and I want to come here to uh, Philippians chapter one. This is such a beautiful, beautiful, you know. Uh, a beautiful, beautiful uh, portion of Scripture. Let me begin reading from verse 19. If it says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my next expectation, I hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. For with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Yeah, whether it's in life or death, Christ will be manifested. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, when the believer dies... Listen, there's no tragedy for the believer when he dies, regardless of the age. It's gain. Yes, we who have known them when they leave, we feel a sense of loss. When we cry, we're actually crying for ourselves, not for that person. They've gone to a better place. It says, for me to live is Christ, and to die is what? Gain. So when the believer dies or he here, it's gain. There's no loss. For if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit for my labor, yet... What I shall choose, I cannot tell. Listen to what Paul says here, verse 23. For I'm hard pressed between two options, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is needful. Listen to what Paul is saying. He says, I have two competing options and desire. I have two options. I'm hard pressed to choose one. Whether to depart and be with Christ or to remain. Did you hear what Paul says? This is a man, everywhere he went, there was persecution, there was hardship, danger to his life. Yet he's saying, listen, I'm hard-pressed to make two options, whether to stay or to leave. See, Paul is saying here, look at what Paul is saying. That all the dangers that I'm feeling, all the dangers coming against me are not bad enough or strong enough to take me out. That's why he's saying, it's for me to choose. It is not for the devil to decide or circumstances to decide. He says, I don't even know what to choose. Oh, listen. In fact, if you go to 2 Corinthians 11, you see Second uh, uh, Corinthians 11 right there. You see the hardship from verse 20 to 23. All kinds of hardship Paul went through. Yet he's saying, I'm hard pressed between these options. I don't know which one to choose. You mean it's for us to choose? See, people just have this idea that when the clock hits at a certain time for you, then it's time for you to depart this life. No, Paul they didn't think that way. If Paul had the right to choose, regardless of what happened to him, you and I have the right to choose. Now, the question is, how strong is your want to? Are you choosing? Paul is saying, I am choosing to stay. In fact, that's what he says here. Verse 23 I'm hard pressed between two options, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for, for you. And as you read further, he's saying, That's what I'm choosing. So he didn't expect that persecution would take, me, take him out. As far as he was here, Paul was not fearing that persecution would take him out until he finished his course. And if you read in 2 Timothy 4, he says, i fought a good fight, I've finished my course. This later for me, Paul then was saying, I'm ready to go. Yes, I finished everything I'm supposed to do. Listen, if Paul had that choice, you and I also have that choice. That's what the gospel gives to us today. Don't let sickness, failure, misery, depression, worry, or any of those things take you out. You've got a strong one to dear friend. Keep on keeping on finish your course. Let's finish our course. Let's build and increase the kingdom of God. Let's get many people saved. Let's establish and help build believers to do the work of God and you make your contribution. Thank you, dear friend. I trust this message has been a blessing to you. If it's been a blessing to you, please share it and let it be a blessing to others. And besides, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you. And I pray that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ remain on you mightily and let light come to you, increase come to you, and further revelation come to you in Jesus' precious name. It's indeed a great day to be alive. Many blessings.